with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. When was the last time you felt celebrated? Maybe you feel invisible or unheard, or you grasp onto words of affirmation like a lifeline. Well, you've come to the right podcast. Join me, Susan Hookstra, host of The Notice Podcast, as we explore our need to be noticed through biblical musings and unique stories from special guests. Experience relevant topics and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you ever feel inadequate or that what you have to offer isn't as good as someone else? Maybe you avoid taking risks because you're unsure. Listen into this episode where we talk about the trap of inadequacy, explore some Old Testament saints who struggled, and learn to notice God even when we feel inadequate. My heart skipped a few beats as I took the necessary steps towards the microphone. The room was full of over 200 women, somewhat apprehensive to hear sexual abuse testimonies. Although Victory in Jesus was the glorious anthem for the event, it was the first time I shared my personal story publicly. This was more than just nervousness. What was I feeling? In a word, inadequate. Life experiences create an environment of anxiousness and fear, and it leads us to doubt our capabilities. At times, we just feel inadequate. Other times, we really are inadequate. We usually feel inadequate because we've missed a standard. It can be the standards our parents set for us, the standards we set for ourselves, or the standards of God. To paraphrase what Timothy Keller, theologian, writes about in his book, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness, the trap comes because we can't find an answer to those feelings. If we don't live up to our parents' standards, we feel terrible. If we don't live up to society's standards, we feel terrible. If we can't live up to our own standards, we feel terrible. If we lower our standards just so we can meet them, we feel terrible. And of course, we feel terrible when we miss God's standards. So if not living up to these standards makes us feel inadequate, are we really being realistic about ourselves? Typically, I see three areas that promote these feelings. Limitations, mistakes, and sins. Friends, The reality is that we all have limits as humans. I know we're told by our parents that you can do anything, but the reality is I'm not going to be the next Miss Universe nor a gold medal winning Olympic athlete. Those individuals may excel in one area, but that doesn't mean they excel in every area. And I absolutely know I'm not going to run a marathon. But to some, writing a book is like running a marathon, and I've done that. At some point, All of us need to recognize our limits, and most importantly, that it's okay to be ordinary. And then there are mistakes. I call mistakes unintentional accidents. For instance, if I spill the milk or add up my bills incorrectly or fail to return a library book, I've made a mistake. 
When my daughters are little and they spill the milk, I would say, oops, and then take them to the paper towel rack and show them how to clean up their mess. Now, I'm just saying that this is when they don't do it intentionally. If somebody actually spilled the milk after you told them not to, well, that's another story. And that comes up to the third way we feel inadequate is when we sin. Sin is blatant disobedience to God's standards because we know better. But we can also sin by ignorance of God's standards. For example, I have a much clearer picture of patience every day. I used to be extremely impatient, but now as I grow in Christ, I recognize my impatience in my life more than I ever did, and I would say I'm really impatient even though others might not say so. So how do we respond to these limitations, mistakes, and sins? Will a different response help us with our feelings of inadequacy? I'd like to take a minute and look at some Old Testament saints. Um, just bear with me a little bit. We're going to sort of be armchair psychologists, if you will. Let's take a look at Moses. When God told Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses didn't feel up to the assignment. He felt inadequate. He says to God in Exodus 3.11, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Later, he says in Exodus 4.10, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Moses even says later in verse 13, Oh, Lord, please send someone else. Now, we could go back and analyze why Moses felt inadequate. Perhaps he had an identity issue because he was born an Israelite but raised Egyptian. Or perhaps he felt inadequate because he actually sinned and killed an Egyptian. Or maybe it was just because he stuttered. He identified his limitations, his mistakes, and his sin. And then there's Jeremiah. Jeremiah was born into a religious family and was groomed to be a priest. In today's terms, he was a PK, pastor's kid. But Jeremiah didn't end up becoming a priest so in a sense, he didn't live up to his family's standards or expectations. He became a prophet instead. As a prophet, year after year after year, he sent God's message, but it fell on deaf ears. Jeremiah did what God told him to do, but he felt inadequate. Let's talk about Gideon. Gideon felt so negatively about himself that when God called him, he didn't believe it was God. So he kept looking for a sign. One might say he was too insecure to do what God told him to do. Maybe he didn't trust himself. Maybe he didn't trust God. And then there's Isaiah. As a prophet, he had a vision from God where he saw God Almighty high and lifted up. Friends, if you got a glimpse of God yourself, wouldn't you respond the same way Isaiah did? In Isaiah 6, 5, he says, Woe is me, for I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Certainly, he could admit he was a sinner and fell short of God's standards. So how do we notice God when we feel these limitations, mistakes, and sins? Let's take a look at King Jehoshaphat, the fourth king of Judah. When Jehoshaphat was most connected with God, he had a great mindset, 
In 2 Corinthians 20, an alliance of nations decides to march against Judah. This alliance was much more than the armies could handle. The first thing he did was acknowledge his inadequacies. Secondly, he admitted that he needed God. 2 Corinthians 20.12 tells us, O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against the great horde that is coming against us. And then here's where he acknowledges and admits, We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Friends, isn't dependency on God the root of humility? So how would the lives of these saints be changed if they started out acknowledging their inadequacies and depended on God instead? What if we just took the focus off their limitations? Louis Giglio in his book, Waiting Here, says, Humility is not thinking you are less. It is never forgetting the fact that it is Jesus who made you more. So what about those Old Testament friends? Did they remember who God is? Did they persist? Did they obey? And then they receive God's mercy? Interestingly enough, God told Moses how to respond to his feelings of inadequacy. He didn't try to make Moses feel better about himself or unnecessarily validate him. Instead, he said, just tell them, I am sent you. So what if we simply remembered God when we felt inadequate? Friends, when someone talks about their inadequacies excessively, we need to be careful. If we immediately express empathy or use words of affirmation in the name of support, we may be trying to rescue someone from the conviction of God. God implied that how Moses felt about his inadequacies was irrelevant. Just tell them, I am sent you. If we look at Jeremiah, we learn that he struggled with depression. And wouldn't you, if you shared God's message over and over and over and no one listened? I can imagine Jeremiah dwelling on something he did wrong. Maybe he didn't say it in the right way, or maybe he missed it when he didn't become a priest. But what Jeremiah tells us is that persistence is a way to release ourselves from that trap of inadequacy. And then we got to talk about Gideon. Gideon tried all kinds of end runs. Perhaps his insecurities were lack of trust in God or himself. But eventually Gideon took action and obeyed. And because of his obedience, God equipped him to eventually become a confident and courageous leader. Think about this. What do you think the best way to combat inadequacy? Well, feeling confident, right? And when we obey God, don't we get confidence? And let's not forget Isaiah. Isaiah rightfully felt inadequate next to God. God revealed in a dream that the root of inadequacy is sin. But friends, when we acknowledge our iniquity, mercy answers the picture. In Isaiah 6-7, Isaiah describes the dream. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having its hand in a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. As he touched my mouth, he said, Behold, this lip has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. So go ahead. Take notice of your limitations, mistakes, and sins. But don't dwell on them. Mercy has it covered. You are atoned for. And once we receive that, 
we no longer have to feel trapped by our inadequacies. This is the freedom God tells us about. This is the freedom we sing about. What results? We end up responding as Isaiah eventually did in Isaiah 6, 8, and 9. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. May you notice your inadequacies just long enough to acknowledge them. And as you persist in obeying God and remembering who it is, may you simply go forward and say, I am sent me. What you just heard was an excerpt from one of the chapters in my book called The Trap. And it's from A Firm Grasp feeling validated in a notice-me world. Go ahead and get the book on Amazon. And when you do, be sure to write a review. Authors ask for the reviews to help us get more eyes on their books. So please write a review. Also, I have been a regular guest on Toledo's Proclaim FM 102.3 discussing more excerpts from the book. You can listen from anywhere on iHeartRadio. The next time I'll be on is Wednesday, September 29th from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to also visit my website at susankhookster.com to sign up for my newsletter and learn more about the one-on-one sessions I offer. As always, I appreciate your support. Until next time, take notice. Oh